Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, current events, local world news, and trending. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada, and welcome to the show, July the 17th at 10.50 a.m. We'll be talking today about Split Society Vaccine Passport. morning and thank you for joining me this morning first i want to say you know i got to um, um apologize to to my listeners out there um this morning um i did a uh, a show that started at uh, 9 a.m and uh it ran for about 50 minutes and everything um showing um, that everything is functioning um, the way it's supposed to. Um, the, uh, the the sound um, showing that it is working and um, being on this end on the microphone and then you, the listeners, um, somehow, some way, um, and the only reason why I know this is at the end of the show is that when I have my outro music, that it didn't start. And then I realized that, okay, you know what? There's a potential problem here of why the music isn't going to play. And so I went, you know, I ended the, I ended the, uh, the show and then, um, I downloaded the episode and um, three minutes, three minutes into the show, there was no sound. Now, a couple people had tried to, to call in and talk to me live and um, we didn't connect. Now that's happened from time to time or like, you know, because they may just disconnect or whatever the case may be. Um, I can't, you know, be having these um, audible um, problems um, because I test everything. I test everything before the show, making sure everything is working properly. And then I go on with the show. Now, all all I can do basically, you know, is ask you, the listeners, you know, if the audible isn't coming through, um, if you're able to send in a text message to say, hey, you know, we can't hear you. You know, um, because I can go on, I, I mean, I mean, the show can go on, and I can con, uh, continue talking, and then um, you can't hear me. 
But let me know, a couple of guests that are on the show right now, you can send me a text message, you know, saying, yes, I can hear you. That would be great. Now, I'm redoing this entire episode um, because of the um, audible issues. Now, I'm thinking it's on my end. Um, I don't know if it has anything to do with Podbean um, itself. You know, um, I am using um, the Scarlet Focusrite um, 2 times 2 third gen. Um, it's a really good interface. Um, it it uh, provides quality sound. And that, so even doing like all the pre-testing and, and everything else and making sure everything is working, you know, I mean, you take the time out of your, of your morning, you know, to come and listen to any podcast that you want to listen to. And the podcasts are behind the microphone you know, is putting in his or her time, you know, to to do a show. And you, the listeners, you know, you want, you know, good quality sound. And um, I would, you know, basically I would, ex you know, expect the same, you know, when I'm listening to uh, a podcast and that. So I'm hoping now this time, you know, I, I did a show you know, like I said this morning, but then I, you know, before I started this one, I did a pretest and I ran that pretest for about five minutes. And um, downloaded it, played it back, and everything seemed to be listening, uh, seemed to be working. So I'm hoping now this time that it is. So you're the guest that's just coming on my program now. If you're able to send in a text message, please do. And you're always welcome to call in and talk to me. So hopefully that this is going to, this show is going to go off without a hitch. Because otherwise, you know, just doing sound checks and, and everything else like that, um, there may be other underlying issues and it could be potentially um, with the uh, Scarlet Focusrite. So, and you know, I've only had this maybe, this, this one interface now for approximately three months. But um, let's just go on with the show here. Now, what I talked about um, this morning, um, I don't know even how this even came about is that who even brought this up a split society vaccine passport. I mean, who in their right mind would even suggest it? Premier Doug Ford of this great province that we live here, Ontario, 
says, no, there is not going to be a split society vaccine passport. Now imagine that for a moment. Vaccinated people will be able to do all the normal things that we've always done all our lives. And people who have not get have not gotten vaccinated yet would be turned away from special events, going shopping, whatever the case may be. Because nobody can ask you medical questions except for healthcare professionals. Having a split society vaccine passports, that would be a challenge with the Canadian Constitution when it comes to our liberties and freedoms. It would pose a lot of problems and the lawyers would have a heyday with that. So that sort of thing is not going to happen. Now the mayor of Toronto turned around and said he's in favor of such a split society. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you even thinking? First of all, it wouldn't even fly. You wouldn't get it off the ground. Now I know, you know, and you know, people out there, you know, who just simply will not get a vaccine, you know, and for whatever reasons, just like the flu shots, millions of people around the world, whatever, don't get the flu shot. And there's going to be millions of people around the world and millions and millions of people around the world who's not going to get vaccinated due to COVID for whatever personal reasons or beliefs that they have. A split society would never, ever work. Ever. And to, to be able to, you know, prove that you've been vaccinated. Well, you, you, you get the, uh, the email sent to you that you are fully vaccinated or you're partially vaccinated. So be it doesn't matter. Now, when it comes to, you know, our educational system here in Canada and across the provinces and territories, you know, school age children, you know, children starting school, going to preschool, um, you know, every child has to have their immunization up to date in order to attend school. Now, some post-secondary institutions, colleges and universities said that students will need to be fully vaccinated in order to return to campus in person. And the province of Quebec has also said that it plans to use some sort of proof of vaccination to limit access to non-essential services if that province's COVID situation worsens in the fall. 
that is going to, like I said, that is going to cause a constitutional problem. I mean, Quebec has done some ridiculous things, you know, over this pandemic. I mean, they even introduced a curfew that you couldn't be out after 8 p.m. Unless you're out there walking your dog. You couldn't just be walking down the street after 8 p.m. in Quebec. Now that was ridiculous. It wasn't the problem of the spread of COVID-19 because you were walking down the street by yourself. Indoor places, indoor workplaces. People gathering indoors when you're not even supposed to be gathering indoors was a problem in the spread of COVID-19. Now, even the top doctor here in Ontario has said that's not even going to be a possibility. We're not going to be doing a split society with a vaccine passport. Now, the federal government here in Canada, you know, has recently been talking about reopening the land borders to vaccinated Americans. Potentially, maybe starting mid-August, but there's nothing concrete at this point in time. And also for other people around the world who want to come to Canada, maybe later September, you know, there's there'll be other Um, possibilities for that but as we're seeing right now and I was just reading an article um, um, this morning too that um, cases are on the increase pretty much in every state in the in the US in the last couple weeks it has doubled to approximately 24,000 cases a day throughout the United States. Now, this is something that Canada watches really closely, not just with the United States, but other countries around the world. Look at what's going on in Europe right now. Look what's going on in London, England. You know, another 40,000 cases. You know, then I ask myself, you know, what is going on? You know, they, 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 they try to reopen and like everybody else, you know, we all try to reopen here in Ontario. We've, we've, we've gone through, you know, three stay at home orders, businesses closed, emergency orders invoked. Three times we have gone through this, shutting the doors of businesses of non-essential services. 
including indoor dining. So the, so the restaurants have to shut out of their doors to indoor dining. You know, and for the longest time, we didn't have, you know, when springtime came around, we couldn't even go sit on a patio until recently. Starting yesterday, we just entered a stage three reopening that we can have indoor dining. And really with no capacity limit as long as there is two meters apart. You can have as many as at the table as you wish. Rules still apply that when you're entering the restaurant, you have to wear your mask until you're seated. If you're to get up from the table to go to the restroom or you're a smoker, you want to go outside and have a smoke, you'd have to put your mask back on and, and exit the building or to go to use the restroom. But other than that, you know, we have the indoor dining now. And as it goes for patios, you can have as many as people sitting at a table on, on, a, on a patio. But not this morning or maybe not today. I don't know how long this rain is going to last, but we've had quite a bit of rain in the last few days or maybe in the last couple of weeks. You know, unprecedented weather, you know, here in Ontario for the month of July. I haven't seen so much rain like this in a very long time. So, but, you know, now we can go and have indoor dining. Movie theaters, for the first time in like nine months, are able to open. They have a capacity limit of 50%. No more than a thousand people at a time in the entire building. You know, these, these Odeon Cineplex, you know, they have six movie theaters in these buildings. So only 50% for each theater and no more than a thousand people at one given time. Outdoor amusement parks can be up to 75% capacity. You know, for the longest time here in Ontario, I mean, back, you know, back you know, at the beginning of, of springtime, you know, we had some really good weather at the start of the spring. And um, going into April and um, people were out there enjoying, you know, the outdoor activities that people like to do when springtime come along, such as golf. Well, back in April, whatever, they only got to open up for a couple of weeks. And then the Ontario government, you know, this is when we went back into that third lockdown. And it shuttered all outdoor activities such as golf and tennis, basketball courts, playgrounds. It wasn't until stage two when things start to, to, to get a lot better that they said, okay, you know, now you can, now the golf courses can reopen up, up again, because at that time, Ontario, 
Canada was the only place in North America where you could not play a round of golf or tennis. Now, you know, back during, you know, uh, February, March, and April, you know, here in Ontario, I mean, we were seeing well over 5,000 cases a day. And it was going to get worse, and that's why we had to go back into this third lockdown. But now we are seeing approximately like 183 cases. And the vaccines rolling out. and people getting vaccinated. And here in Ontario, I mean, we, you know, to to open up into a, a stage three, which by the way is not the final stage, there will be a fourth stage reopening. But the other concern that the, the uh, the top doctors, the infection and disease doctors, the other concern that they have, and they're, and they're potentially talking a fourth wave coming fall time, and that's with the unvaccinated individuals. And that's why it's so important, you know, in order to move forward in, in, in order to go back to normalcy of what we once known what it was pre-pandemic. Now it's up to the individual or individuals whether you want to get vaccinated or not. But having a split society vaccine passport would just be absolutely ridiculous. It's not going to happen, by the way. The government, I'm, I'm sure, and I'm sure they're fully aware of the implications that would arise if the Ontario government imposed a vaccine passport here in Ontario it would be a major problem. It would not be good. Now, before I go on, I see other people coming on my show. I want to welcome you to my show. But I also, you know, for the, for the guests that are on my show right now, because earlier this morning, I had the sound issues if you could text in a message to me saying, yes, you can hear me, that would be appreciated because I don't know what I'm going to do if I have these sound issues, you know, because um, I like, you know, I, I mean, I really like coming out here and talking to you and I like you having it on, on my show and I want to give you the best sound quality as possible sound quality as though I'm sitting next to you talking to you. 
But this reopening here in Ontario, this stage three reopening is a really big thing. You know, it's like the next best thing since sliced bread. You know, because for the longest time, you know, for months on end, not being able to go to your favorite pub or bar or restaurant to be able to to go inside and dine inside and have refreshments inside. Now, the top doctors here in Ontario has always said that they don't want to move too quickly. You know, we went from the stage one reopening to the stage two reopening a couple days early, which was fine. But moving into this next phase of reopening, this third phase, which started yesterday, July the 16th, ahead of schedule, I'm talking like five days. And not only does it allow for, like I said, for restaurants to open their indoor operations and larger gatherings to take place, this also includes the gyms. That people now are allowed to go and exercise at a gym. Other sports facilities are welcoming back their patrons to enjoy what they like to do. Here, summer hockey starts back again, which has been shuttered for such a long time, where it was never a problem. But, you know, the Ontario government and the top doctors, of course, want to keep everybody safe. So facilities like the gyms and restaurants all non-essential businesses had to shutter their doors. It went well over three months. You know, things are getting, are getting better, but this is not the time to be letting our guards down. Now, as of yesterday, Friday, 78% of adults in the province of Ontario has had at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine and 52% are fully vaccinated. So this is, you know, the reasoning they, you know, behind this, you know, the politicians and the doctors and the business leaders to move to move up the reopening date, you know, this has been uh, mounting after the province blew past its vaccine targets weeks ago. And we were calling on the government you know, to open up the, the indoor dining, you know, open up the amusement parks.
Now, you know, they, they did this each opening stage would take 21 days. Now, when it, when, like I say, when it comes to, to the land border between Canada and the United States, the, uh, the federal government, you know, for the first time in a long time, you know, started really talking about it more. Whether that's going to happen mid-August, that's, you know, to remain to be seen. And, and with the rate of infection that is going on throughout the United States right now, like I said earlier, has doubled in the last couple of weeks to over 24,000 cases a day. And that's nearly every single state. Now, the United States has, has opened up um, a lot sooner than Canada has having their indoor venues, the sporting events, full capacity at hockey games during the playoffs. Full capacities in movie theaters, restaurants, and whatnot throughout the United States. Now, obviously, with the with the the variants that are out there, the Delta strain that's now the dominant. And it's dominant here in Ontario. And the province has also uh, detected six cases of the Lambda variant, which the World Health Organization has labeled a virus variant of interest. Now... This is the other things that we have to be careful about. And this is why, you know, uh, for instance, the bars where people like to frequent and listen to music and get up and dance, not all but some are going to allow it. Some don't want to risk it because how do you keep two meters apart? They certainly don't want healthcare professionals coming into their establishment and seeing that two meters isn't being maintained and being fined is one thing, but then having your liquor license pulled is another. So... People here in Ontario, I mean, if you're going to go to the bars, you know, it may not be a bar that's going to allow any physical dancing.
Now, with this announcement, you know, it's been a, it's been a long awaited time here in Ontario, you know, to have um, this reopening plan, the social gatherings and public events. You know, like, for instance, people can have their relatives over. You can have 25 people indoors. You can have 100 people outdoors. If you got a backyard that's going to su su uh, support that, that's great. You know, um, because we think of back a couple of weeks now, even going back a month, you know, it was five people. And it was only 10 people outdoors. And now we've moved up to this. You know, this is, you know, when it would, you know, I'm all for tourism and that, of course, you're right. Because, you know, that's probably the hardest hit sector here um, in Canada and the United States because, you know, our neighbors to the south. I mean, millions and millions of people come to Canada and Canadians go to the United States. You know, in our in our economies are so intertwined. You know, I feel bad for that industry. I really do. And I also feel bad for the families that live on either side of the border that haven't been able to see each other, you know, throughout this pandemic. You know, is the land border going to open up to vaccinated individuals coming mid-August? I don't know. The federal government is talking about it and that's about as far as they've gotten. What kind of rules are going to be in place? Will you require a vaccine passport in order to enter Canada if you're a non-citizen? There's a lot of things that the two governments federal government in the United States and the federal government here in Canada, these are something that they need to be discussing and need to be working on. The business alliance on both sides and politicians, you know, are calling for some sort of action, not just talk. But what we what we what we see what's going on, you know, in the United States, you know, which is really unfortunate. And then the cases are mounting again, pretty much in every state. You know, it's it it's, it makes it really difficult for the two governments to say. Yeah, okay, you know, we can loosen some restrictions. What I would like to see them do really is for the families that live on both sides of the border that haven't been able to see each other.
um, for some time. Compassionate reasons. You know, here in Canada, we have approximately anywhere from 3,000 to 5,000 Americans that live and work here in Canada that haven't been able to cross border in order to see their loved ones in the United States. Now, that is something that, you know, I would like to see. Maybe that could be, you know, the first step, you know, of reopening the land borders between Canada in the United States. Because family is so important. And we can only do FaceTime for so long. You know, because loved ones need that human touch. As it, as it comes, like I said, to the tourism on both sides of the border, it's been really hit hard. But right now, the, you know, with the way things are, you know, here in Canada, here in Ontario, we can support our local tourism as you can do the same thing you know, in the United States. Here in Canada and in, in across, across our provinces and our territories, we have worked really hard to get to where we are. And, I, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, the United States is working hard to try and do the best they can as well, because like everybody else, you know, we want out of this mess. Look what's going on in Europe right now. The infection rates are going out the roof. You know, they've tried their opening plans. They loosen restrictions. And look what's going on. And, and, you know, like I said, here in Ontario, I mean, here we are moving into, you know, the next step, the next phase, you know, to where, you know, here in Ontario, we were seeing well over 5,000 cases a day back in the early spring through February, March, April. Until the vaccines really have taken off. And then these case counts coming down. I mean, we're only in this province of in this province of over 16 million people. We're only seeing like 180 between 183 cases, and we don't want that to change. Now, like I said, I mean, it's entirely up to you. No one's twisting your arm to get vaccinated. Whether you're an anti-vaccinator or not, wouldn't you think it'd be in your best interest 
just to get vaccinated anyway? You've seen, we have seen what's happened throughout the world. And we certainly have seen what's happening to our friends to the South, the United States, when you have over 610,000 people who have died from COVID-19. You know, take it upon yourself and re reassess your priorities. What's important to you? Family, friends, co-workers, the general public. Getting a needle in the arm is not a big deal. And hopefully, you know, this doesn't, you know, become a seasonal thing like the flu. That once a year we have to get a booster. And of course, like the flu shot. You know, Vaccines, you know, do, they do help. They really do. They're not a hundred percent. You know, the, 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 uh, the Pfizer and the Moderna and the Johnson and Johnson, the AstraZeneca, you know, they're not 100%, neither is the flu shot. But it's certainly, you know, from the healthcare perspective and the healthcare professionals, you know, reducing the symptoms that you would get. You know, some people, even though they never got vaccinated for the flu, they may just have mild symptoms or a little less than mild symptoms. You know, lucky for them. I mean, look what happened. Um, I think it was um, 2017. I think that was the, the worst flu outbreak in the United States. Or something like 60,000 people died from the flu. which may or may not have been preventable from just getting the flu shot. Now that hasn't happened in a very long time in the United States, but that was your first, that was your one of your worst ever. I think it was around 2017, 2018 that you had that huge outbreak of the flu. And certainly, you know, with COVID-19, you know, throughout the United States, and, you know, I said this last night too, I mean, how things were handled. How things were handled at the top. A lot of that could have been prevented. A lot of it. Unfortunately, it wasn't. 
And as Canada and the world watches, you know, it was actually really disturbing. You know, Joe Biden, you know, stepping stepping into the presidency, you know, has taken on quite a bit. You have to give the man a chance. You really do. He is the way forward right now for the United States of America. Whether people like him or not. You know, give the man a chance. You know, as the two countries sit down and, you know, talk about opening up the the land borders, you know, this is why, you know, it's so important, you know, like I said, to get vaccinated you know, because maybe you want to be the one that, that wants to, to come to Canada because you like coming to Canada, but you're not vaccinated. That may or may not pose a problem for you. Not just coming to Canada, but traveling anywhere else around the world and what other countries are going to do. You know, if other countries are going to have the vaccine passports. Is Canada going to implement the pass, the, the vaccine passport for international travel. That's to remain to be seen. How is it going to look and how is it going to work? We have rules in place for all Canadians coming home from wherever they went The only change that they did, the federal government did, is is that if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to quarantine for 14 days returning back to Canada. You no longer have to stay in a hotel for three days to wait for your test results to come back negative. We've had a couple hiccups with that, with the border agency here in Canada, with Canadians coming home jumping through all the hoops that the federal government has asked them to do and show that they're fully vaccinated, that they're, they're COVID free. And yet some agents or agent says, no, you have to quarantine for 14 days, which is not the case for Canadians coming home. That changed on July the 5th. The pre-testing is still in effect. That means 72 hours prior to their flight, they have to have a COVID test done. It has to be negative. They have to input all this information into the website on the, on the Canadian government website prior to their flight. And then once again, returning home 
have another negative test done, and then you can go on your merry way. Some provinces here across Canada, the Maritimes on the Eastern Seaboard, may or may not use vaccine passports. They're talking about it. You know, if you want to go visit the East Coast here in Canada. You know, they've made, you know, like I said, you know, every province has had its trials and tribulations. Ontario being the most, I mean, the largest populated province in, in Canada, carrying the most cases of any province. The Eastern Seaboard, the Maritimes, um, during the onset of this pandemic, they actually closed their provincial lines to any visitors, to any non-essential. Back in this, back uh, when we had the 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 the, uh, the third lockdown, Ontario also put in that implication that anybody outside of Ontario could not enter Ontario for non-essential reasons. So, I mean, that's, you know, since been lifted. So anybody can come to Ontario now and, and whatnot. So, but as it, as it, as it goes for the land borders and air travel, international travel, the federal government is probably talking September, but that's just a lot of talk right now. Same with the land border. They're just starting to to mention, you know, maybe, maybe vaccinated Americans can start crossing into Canada for tourism. Maybe mid-August. Because every month from the onset of this pandemic, Canada and the United States have extended the border closures from the 21st of each month to the 21st. That deadline is approaching and more than likely it will be remain closed until August 21st. We'll see what happens in the next couple of days when that announcement will be made. And there will be an, an announcement made on the land border between Canada and the United States. And we'll certainly talk about that and what people have to say 
on either side of the border um, after that announcement is made. But I want to thank you for coming out here and joining me. The second time this morning, you know, you know, like I said earlier, you know, I was out here at nine o'clock in the morning, you know, um, you know, talking about, you know, the the uh, the uh, split society vaccine passport. That's not going to happen, by the way. Only to find out that the sound was messed up, wasn't working, wasn't happy. I'll tell you that, you know. Um, and I'm sure you, the listeners, are going, you know, what the heck? What is going on? So I had to come back out here and, and, and redo the show, which I'm happy to do. So hopefully it worked this. It's going to work this time because when I click on the music to play for the end here, I'm going to find out in a hurry whether it's working or not. But I want to thank you for joining me again this morning, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to have a good weekend. Take care out there and be safe. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me this morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you.